Death was something they had often theorised about. She would have liked to have heard his thoughts on the topic now. Claire heard the bathroom door close down the hallway and quickly gathered from the bed her car keys and handbag. She didn't want to have to explain to Marla or Peg where she was going. As the LTD purred down her street, Gwenny noticed the man in the garden a few doors from her own home. He was in his seventies, wearing knee pads, holding clippers in his hand and staring intently at an impressively large bush of pink roses. He was so absorbed by his flowers that he didn't look up at the slow-moving car. Gwenny wanted to wind down her window and scream at him, Who cares about your sodding roses? You'll be dead, dead, dead. The thought was so loud inside her head that she was amazed when nothing came out of her mouth. The driver slowed to a halt at the school crossing as a young woman walked across in front of them, holding a child by each hand. The children were skipping and the woman laughed at something one of them said. How could she laugh, wondered Gwenny. Had she not noticed that the world had changed irrevocably? Was death so insignificant? How could people go about their daily business as if... as if... as if anything still mattered? How dare they? It was quiet inside the car, all the traffic sounds muffled by the heavy doors. The driver left her to her thoughts, checking in his rear vision mirror whenever he stopped at traffic lights. She appreciated his sensitivity, but shifted her body slightly to remove herself from his line of sight. She felt exposed enough. Seeing the big black limousine in the driveway had reminded her of her wedding day, it was the only other time she had ridden in such a luxurious car. How she hated all this fuss. Couldn't she just slip in quietly and say goodbye her way instead of all this fanfare? She wasn't a showy kind of girl. It offended her to show grief in such a public display. She was grateful she wasn't Greek or Turkish, expected to moan and wail in the city square for months and throw a massive grief party where everybody could join her for a good sob fest. And thank God she wasn't Irish. She knew about their legendary wakes. One rip-roaring piss up the Gagoan for days. Just not her style. In some things, she was thoroughly English. She would do her grieving in private, thank you. This part of it was just something to endure. Gwenny pressed the button on the armrest in the door and the electric window slid silently down. Cool air rushed in, rustling her hair. The driver's mood was sombre and slow. Steady as she goes. Time didn't matter. They weren't in a hurry. Not today. They wouldn't exactly start without the star of the show now, would they? Thought Gwenny, and she was the star. God, what an ordeal. She should have asked someone to sit in the car with her, but who? There wasn't anyone. She wasn't very good at making friends. In the past four years, she had made only one. Pete. She hadn't really felt the need for anyone else. From the moment they had met, it had been Gwenny and Pete, Pete and Gwenny, Gwenny and Pete. His parents were dead and he had no siblings. Her own family lived in England and couldn't get to Sydney in time for the funeral today. It didn't matter. She didn't want anyone staying in the house with her, fussing over her, invading their private space. She hoped there wouldn't be a whole battalion of people at the crematorium, Pete's workmates and the like, ready to cry all over her. It seemed to Gwenny that some people loved to grieve, throwing themselves into it with gusto. 
Any excuse for a good cry. Sad movie. Death of a princess. Such emotional excesses embarrassed her. But there were a lot of things about life that weren't perfect right now, and she was in no state to challenge them. She didn't have the emotional energy. It was a matter of going along with whatever was expected of her, then going home, having a hot bath, and maybe slitting her wrists. She just had to concentrate on getting through the day with dignity. For Pete. Claire worried she would be late. It was nearly 10am and she was still five minutes from the crematorium, stuck behind a long black LTD. The car was large and ponderous. It looked like something a retired US president might ride in, she thought. A car for an ego. Claire waited impatiently for a place where she could safely overtake. As she passed, she looked into the back seat, expecting to see a dignified, greying man in a business suit.